0: this is the second episode of the Pace Motorcycle Podcast Roundtable. We're joined by yet another set of uh, internet motorcycle luminaries. This week we have uh, returning Stephen Grasso from the Cafe Racer Podcast. Michael Kaiser from KinderRider.com. And then our new additions for the week, Joanne Don from the Motorific Podcast and GearChick.com. And Chuck.
1: (laughs) That is not a proper introduction for me.
2: You will have to do it again.
0: And, of course, my lovely and talented co-host from the Pace Podcast, Mr. Chris Hornberger.
2: Oh, hi, guys.
0: And I'm James. So this week... Our topic was actually suggested by...
1: Wait, uh, that's it? Just Chuck?
0: <laughs> r- really, what What else is there to say? Uh. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're Chuck.
3: Chuck. Do you have any awards or accomplishments you need to share or titles that we're not...
4: No, that's scary. That's stuff you can't put on the air, Chuck. Don't say it. Okay. I mean,
2: to be fair, he's not a Chuck. He's the Chuck. The no. Chuck. Okay. Oh, Lord.
3: Just be proud of what you got, Chuck. It's, it's all good.
1: <laughs> Don't listen, Bella. They are full of lies and sin. <laughs> Team Bella. Anyway. Let's go. Um,
0: so our topic this week uh, was suggested by Doug Hyde, who was we originally had him scheduled for the show. He wasn't able to make it, but we're going to roll with it anyway. Uh, we're talking about whether or not we, as motorcyclists, have a responsibility to be good ambassadors for the sport, for motorcycling in general. First thing I'd like to do is just go down the line and get a yes or no from everyone on the panel. So we'll start, uh, just, just because it's easy, we'll start um, left to right in my view. So Chris, do we have a responsibility to be ambassadors for the sport?
2: Responsibility? Y-
0: no. Yes or no? No. No. Chuck? No. Joanne.
3: Mm, maybe. <laughs> I really don't know how to. I just. I really don't know how to answer that. I can't answer that yes or no.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point. Um, uh,
5: Mike.
3: Sometimes.
5: Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Joanne. Sometimes, I I think it's a complicated, the uh, complicated question that doesn't uh, warrant a yes or no.
0: Okay, that's that's the point though, um, and Steve.
4: I'm going to be the uh, the odd man out here and say yes.
0: Okay, and I'm going to say no. So now let's start the discussion. Since Steve, you're the only one fully committed to a yes. <laughs> what do you think? What's your What's your reasoning behind that? Where are you
4: coming well, from? only because you've got an audience. That's That's the only reason I say yes. It, it's, you know, if you're just hanging out with your friends at a local motorcycle night. I don't really think you do, and it doesn't really matter, but if you've got an audience and you got people listening to you and you're promoting the sport, you know, yeah, you have to be an ambassador for it. Now, that being said, I'm not the, the best role model as a motorcyclist, and when I was younger, I would probably classify myself as being kind of squidly. You know, I was pretty much an idiot, and, like, what, is, what do you call them, Chuck Billy's? Billy Billy.
1: Bosa? The yeah. Billy. Right.
4: But now, you know, the Corona tank top. You got people that think you know something about it and they're asking you questions and, you know, asking for recommendations. You know, I'm certainly not going to recommend the things that I did when I was younger, first starting out in motorcycling. I mean, my first bike that I own was an 1100. So. Well,
2: let, let me interrupt you a sec, Steve. Are are you answering now as a host of a motorcycle podcast, or are you answering as a motorcyclist? Because I think, given given your your qualification, that you know, if you have an audience, that kind of, that might change the dynamic of the, the answer there.
4: Well, I thought that was the point of it, honestly. If not, then no, not really. If it's just me, <laughs> Stephen Grasso, you know, no, because. Uh, Again, like I said, if it's just you hanging out with your buddies at a bike night, sure, it's it's a bit of a different story. Now, th- then again, it depends on the topic, and maybe that's what Joanne was getting at is when it comes to, to certain things like gear. I'm really kind of you know nutty about gear, being what I did for thirty years. So I
1: don't well, that's know. not that's not really being an ambassador for the sport per se. That's like being an, an ambassador within the sport. When an I when I think of the
4: gear, yeah.
1: For gear, yeah. When I think of the question, it's like how other – I mean, it's like I keep asking myself, why are we asking this question? No one goes, hey, should I be an ambassador for wearing underwear or should I be an ambassador for competitive eating? It's it's fringe stuff like this. Like, well, I should be an ambassador for being a responsible gun owner because I don't shoot my neighbor in the face. And we've got, you know, guys that pull over SUVs and drag out drivers. <laughs>
4: you know what Chuck I think it depends on what your definition of ambassador is and what um diplomatic immunity what Doug was you know Doug was getting at when he brought that question up I I was under the impression that it was in the context of broadcasting on a podcast
0: mm. now t- take it beyond that though beyond the conversation uh the, think about your actions on the road I mean that's where we have the <laughs> the biggest opportunity to to influence others right to to set the tone and to uh, you know, to to either make us out to be good guys or bad guys in front of the people that, you know, I I suppose count most, those driving 6,000-pound SUVs who could flatten us if they really wanted to.
1: The people uh, who write letters to their congressmen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so I should
2: stop flipping people off, basically? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm kind uh, of two minds on this thing. It's like... On the one hand, it's just a vehicle. When when I you know when I drive my, my my girlfriend's Mazda down the road, do I have to be an ambassador for guys who drive little sporty coupes? I don't think I do. But when I'm on a motorcycle Yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm on the motorcycle, it's like number one, you know, like I'm just another vehicle on the road. So no, I don't have to go out of my way to, to, to make pretty and, and, and make sure everybody's happy with me. But on the other hand, as, as a guy who wants to see motorcycles become more mainstream and who really wants to stop being treated differently on the road, I don't say that it's a responsibility, but I sure try real hard. Does that make sense?
3: Well, I think something that we forget is that even though you don't intentionally want to be an ambassador and even though no one's asked you to be, the fact is, is you are just because we're such a small minority in terms of commuting and and a a form of transportation it doesn't matter you may not want the job and you may not have asked for it but guess what you are because every time we're on the road people judge us and people make assumptions based on what they see about us because there's just not enough of us for them to form other more informed opinions so I think sadly that every person that rides is they don't want to be and it's not maybe you know how they wanted it to come out, but the fact is people look at you, they make judgments, they think about you, they look at how you ride and that pretty much to them is an an overall assumption of how the rest of us are and as a female it's even more so it's like then there's this added layer, oh there's a girl, oh wow she's not on the back, oh she's not on a small bike, oh she's on a bigger bike than her husband, Oh, she's by herself, or whatever. Uh, we are ambassadors, and it's not the way we want it, but it is. So, because of that, I take it upon myself to try and be one.
0: And that's that's a great point, Joanne. I mean, if I'm you know I I really like a bad analogy, so I'm going to make one now. Uh, at least what four or five of us um, in this conversation own dogs, right? Uh, and one of the first things you learn about owning a dog is that you're always training your dog, whether you intend to or not. Every interaction you have, everything you do with your dog, you're training your dog. It's the same thing. You're out on the road. You're, you know, you're, you're presenting yourself. You're in public. People are observing you. They're, they're learning from you. They're making opinions. They're forming opinions based on your actions. Yeah. It's inevitable.
4: I'll take that one step further. I've got two pit bulls.
3: So, you, and then you got that on top of the whole dog thing. Yeah,
4: so when we were out in public, immediately you get a negative opinion, and my pipples are complete babies, but you get a complete... Put you know, sweaters
3: a, a, on them. Make them wear cute little sweaters. <laughs> makes them more mean, approachable. They don't,
4: they don't have their ears cut. You know, One of them carries a stuffed animal around in his mouth, but immediately <laughs> you have people make an opinion about it, and that's the, that's the same point that Joanne made when it comes to motorcyclists, yeah. that... Uh, you know certainly there are people out there that know zero about motorcycling or the sport of motorcycling and then what was in the news recently now they've already formed an opinion about it so no matter whether you're riding you know a cruiser or a sport bike or anything immediately they're now looking at you and saying oh here comes some knucklehead idiot criminal you know so I still stick with my yes and I even you know, like I, I wasn't really joking about flipping people off. Thing, because it's driving in South Florida is probably like driving in L.A. It's really bad. People just cut you off; they don't even care. So it, I've got to control myself on my hour commute in the morning to not go ballistic.
1: Do you lane split?
4: No, it's illegal in Florida, and it's just way too dangerous here. You know, in static lane splitting here, I wish they did make it legal because what's that? Well, I guess there's a different name for it in California, but where the traffic's completely stopped...
2: That's filtering out there.
4: You know? Yeah. They're talking about that here in Florida. There's a couple pushes for it. I'd love to be able to do that. Now, that being said, there's been a couple, like, really big accidents on the turnpike where I've got off on the medium and passed cars, you know, and drove past everybody. Just because, for one, I'm on an air-cooled bike. I don't want to sit there and... The other reason is I don't want to sit there and breathe everybody's fumes waiting in traffic. So if I get pulled over... You know,
5: too, to Steve, a- that's, that's, that's going yeah, to that, be a point, too. You know, you, you go over in the shoulder and you pass all these cars. Because you got an air-cooled bike, you know, the, the general public doesn't realize the, the, the need for going on the shoulder to keep your engine cool, and it, you're an ass for doing it. Right. So even, even though you try to be an ambassador for the sport, you know, it... it, it, it a lot of the public has a general perception of motorcycles to be that you're not going to break no matter how good you are.
4: Well, and I'll give you, it's Michael, it's, my wife is completely against lane splitting, making it legal, because she doesn't think it's fair. Now, she rides a motorcycle, too. But she's like, why should somebody else? <laughs> oh,
1: no, I, I've met a lot of people that, are, that say absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's like, it's not fair. You have to wait your turn like the rest of us. Yep. You don't just get to cut up
0: front.
3: So childish. It's so, so it's so, not yeah.
0: fair it's not fair for me to get off the road sooner and make make room for one more car.
3: No,
1: jerk face. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> oh that's not fair. Please, nothing's fair. Are you kidding me?
4: Have you hey Joanne, have you ever read any of the comments that go when you see an article about lane splitting, even from California, how many people are against it in California? Yeah, a, lot of, cars. Hey, yeah, a lot of cars.
3: Yeah, a lot of cars are about. against it.
1: It's not fair. A lot right. of people you know are against the carpool lane because it's not fair. I've seen that too. Yeah. But you know, the thing I really I kind of wonder going back to the ambassador question is when you're out there with the general public interacting with the public at least from when I'm when I'm in the public my opinion meter goes from neutral to bad. And I'm tr- I'm trying to str- I'm struggling to think what would a motorcyclist do that would be good versus just neutral or bad.
2: That's a really good point. You pretty much have to get on your bike and go save a bus full of nuns every time you leave your driveway to make any kind of positive impact. Because there, there's so much there's so much stigma already with the whole, you know, biker crowd that I I, I gave up trying to trying to 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 get along with it. In fact I sold my Harleys, and part of the reason is because I just didn't want to be associated with the lifestyle anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. You didn't it's like the chaps, huh?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: no. Chris it, liked the chaps.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it, was the opposite, it was the lack of underwear.
1: <laughs> my bo- what are you doing? Building a house?
2: <laughs> as for, you know, as for... Having the responsibility – it's it's like a helmet. Our, our earlier discussion, James, about the helmets. Like, I don't feel it's my job to be a good ambassador for a motorcyclist. However, I generally try to do it because I feel it's only going to benefit all of us and me in particular in the long run. You know, it's, it's – if I go out there and put a positive face on riding every chance I get – then maybe just maybe that one guy who was going to cut off a bike because he thinks it's not fair, or gosh, why is that guy going faster, or whatever, maybe he'll pause and say, you know what? Maybe not everybody's a, a jackass on a bike. So whatever. I, if 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 that can happen, and I'll never know whether it really happened or not. You know, I, I feel like I've in my head I've I've done a good thing. So it's not my responsibility. Well, maybe someone but it's my pleasure to do so.
3: Well, it's well, more than just riding, will isn't want it? To ride.
0: I'm sorry, Joanne, what was that?
3: I said or maybe it'll it'll persuade someone to want to ride or think about how they how about someone how maybe someone knows somebody that rides and they don't like the fact that they ride, but you know, seeing that not we're not all the same can certainly sway people's opinions. No, that
4: that's exactly you know, if you're sitting out having dinner out in the public and someone comes up and starts making a conversation with you about your motorcycle, whether it's positive or negative, how how do you respond? That's another. You know, if you just blow them off and you you don't talk to them, or if they make some kind of a comment like, know my brother got hurt on a motorcycle," it, how you handle that conversation is whether or not you're being a good or bad ambassador to the sport and the way I look at it is I don't want to turn another person off to bikes. And like Joanne said, maybe it's somebody who's thinking about riding. Mm -hmm. So they come up with a bunch of really, you know, annoying basic newbie questions. Or they tell you that they're thinking about getting a Jixer, you know, 1,000 tomorrow. And then you start talking to them about it. I kind of think that we do have a responsibility, even not as people that are doing... A podcast, but just a regular motorcyclist to try to point that person in the right no, direction, so they have a good experience.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely a as podcasts. a regular body, not as a podcast personality. Yeah. That's
4: no, I mean far just so that per, as a regular person. So you, that person, ha, you know, you you're imparting. Hey, look, yeah. like Chuck said a second ago about, about guns. I've been shooting my entire life, and I compete. If somebody comes up and talks to me about it, I'm going to try to give them the best information possible so that they can make wise choices and decisions if they're going to get into the sport. Yep. It's the yeah. same with motorcycling.
0: Well, and beyond that, right, I mean, ju- just as human beings, you have a social responsibility to not be an a-hole, you know, generally speaking.
1: Okay, James. Yeah. Given what you just said and what you said earlier when you were talking about what being ambassador means, hmm? why did you say no?
0: Why did I say no? Because yeah. my my first responsibility is to be safe on the bike right and of course that at times is gonna cause me to do things that people in cars don't understand
3: Mm.
0: you know I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a gap that they don't think is big enough I'm gonna you know change lanes in a way that they think is cutting them off Um, I'm gonna Mm. do something that they interpret as uh not being a conscientious road user, even though I know being a motorcyclist, I you know, I can see everything, I know where I am, I know how small a space I can fit into, I know how how quickly I can stop, I know how quickly I can accelerate. I'm gonna do things that are not gonna translate into other people's minds as you know, that's a nice guy.
3: Well I mean the other thing too is that the things that we do on bikes are so foreign to people in cars. They are exactly. they don't understand what we're doing. And like when we swerve around things, they don't get that that's a safety maneuver and not just a show off. They think that's showing right. off. I've read a lot of comments where people have no idea what we're you know they don't get that that's a save my ass maneuver. Yep. And uh, so it's it, I think it's impossible virtually to be a really good ambassador when you're riding, because. You have to do things sometimes that, like you said, aren't necessarily outwardly safe looking. But you have to do what you have to do to survive. I mean, to get through traffic and not get hurt and get to your destination. Because if you're thinking about, oh my, am I looking good or how do I look now? It's just, it's you. It's stupid. And I get. I mean, maybe it's the case of like, do as I say and not as I do. But. I, I take my ambassadorship role a little more seriously when I'm talking to people, and especially about gear, because for me that's a huge part of of writing. And I've talked to so many people who who wouldn't have worn gear otherwise, simply because they couldn't find it. You know, and so the way I, you
1: guys talk make me think motorcycling is dangerous or something.
3: It is, Chuck. So you might want to jump what? on a scooter.
4: No, driving a car is dangerous to there motorcycles. There's nothing,
3: nothing
1: <laughs> wrong with a scooter. Scooters are cool. That's true.
3: I joke about that because I started on a scooter and I put 3,500 yes, miles on one in a year. They're absolutely awesome. You know, just
1: just putting your scooter on a treadmill and going doesn't count. <laughs>
2: like so I,
3: braved, I braved San Francisco traffic for a year on a 50cc two-stroke I don't know how I did it because I could never do it again, but I did. <laughs> That's right.
1: I think it had something to do with that picture of you from the other night where you had the three straws and the giant margarita glass.
3: Oh, that was Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's is a hoot. They have like 20 different bowls of beverages on their menu.
0: Yeah, when when your beverage comes in a bowl.
3: <laughs> it's to it's be nice. shared. It's to be shared. So theoretically speaking... Say.
1: You didn't
2: look like you were sharing. So, well,
3: no, so was like We're having contests. It was great.
2: So just a quick show of hands. How many people commute daily on your bike?
3: I used to, and I will, as soon as the snow clears up.
2: Okay.
0: So Snow? What's snow? No, wait. Are you in San Francisco?
3: <laughs> well, when, by the time I move, I'm going to be in snow, and then once the snow's over, I'll be on a bike. That nah, okay.
0: only snows so, once a year
3: here.
2: So as commuters, as people who are on your bike daily, and Mike, I know you take your bike to, you know, meet customers and whatnot. What what do you think what do you think your job is to be that ambassador every day? Like like what kind of choices do you make that you might not make when you're out riding with your buddies on a weekend, you know, just out in the country? Like like what conscious decisions can you make to be a good ambassador?
1: Take the Euro. Everybody wants to talk about the sidecar.
0: What do you call it? Uh, Ural, the Ural delay factor. So if,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everybody, even just in traffic, like at stoplights and stuff, people will stick their head out and they want to talk about the sidecar. Mm-hmm.
3: It's pretty cool.
1: But you know, just when I'm on the Versus or something, nobody wants to talk to me. Well,
3: because so, Chuck, you're nothing without that sidecar.
1: <laughs> so true. <laughs>
4: I control myself from not kicking people's doors in.
1: (laughs) Has anyone, have any of you, like, touched a car?
4: Not on my own, but they've touched me coming into my lane. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That last Um, week's commute was...
1: Like, been mad enough to, like, you know, swing at a car?
2: I I had to one time to get their attention because they were swerving into my lane and literally they were a foot off my my right side here and I'm I had to take my hand off the throttle and bang on the window to get his attention so he didn't push me into the the Jersey barrier like it's that's crazy
4: yeah I've experienced
1: that too yeah
4: never had motorcycle
1: cop had to do that to me once
4: (laughs) really on your bike or in a car
1: in a car can we
4: slap you on the side of the helmet. Hey, wake up would, I would imagine that
1: wouldn't go well for you yeah I didn't get out of that ticket <laughs>
0: so so let me ask you Chris in that situation aside from you know aside from the adrenaline and the and the emotion of the situation, why was that a better choice than just slowing down and falling in behind the
2: car i I didn't have the option there was a there was a merge it was a construction and if if I were to slow down, the pickup truck behind me, who was also trying to get in because people wouldn't let him over, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been a really ugly situation. Okay,
1: and yeah. you couldn't blip and get in front of it.
2: The okay. car right in front of me, yeah, he just he just kept drifting over. He was on a cell phone, not paying attention, drifting right over. It was. Well, or it James, was they're right next to you. Scary. You
4: know, you're you're moving through traffic, they're right next to you, and all of a sudden start to merge into your lane. Sure. I never get myself in a position where I'm next to, and this is another thing: is that the, the speed of traffic here is very fast. And, and,
2: and to be fair, it was a very unusual situation. It mm-hmm. was it was a situation, James. It was on 95, approaching 322, heading south, and both the right and the left lanes were closed for construction. So it went from four lanes down to one lane. Okay so it was, no, it was just a curious. Unusual,
0: yeah. I mean you know I, I understand that those situations exist in my experience they're exceedingly rare mm-hmm. um, and I've certainly been in situations where you know my first instinct has been to do exactly that but you know uh, then you, you take half a second reassess and there's usually uh, a safe way to get out
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, like I say I, you know, I understand that that's not always
2: the case but that's why I asked the question I wanted to Steve, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry.
4: No, it was exactly what you were saying. It's just the situation happens when traffic's heavy, uh, which is typical here. You know, I I travel the Florida Turnpike or I-95. The Florida Turnpike's two lanes for most of my commute, and people just aren't paying attention. They recently made texting while driving illegal here in Florida, but the people still do it, Mm -hmm. and you... You know, you become when you're commuting on a motorcycle, you become much more aware of your surroundings, especially what people next to you are doing. I'm always looking at what people look like in their car, if they're paying attention. If they're and you I mean literally people's heads are down looking at their cell phone. I think it's actually gonna get worse because people are trying to now hide the fact that they're texting. So they're putting their phone low and you can see they're looking down and they're not paying attention to where they're going or what they're doing. So typically the point I was trying to make a minute ago when Chris was talking was it causes you to speed because I'm always trying to stay ahead of traffic I'm always trying to stay away from people tractor trailers I, I don't ever stay behind them I've been behind a tractor trailer when a retread let go mm-hmm. that's not fun so mm-hmm. uh, you know the it makes it a lot tougher and all kidding aside I've got to control myself and control my emotions while well, I'm making that commute every day so that I don't yell at people or, you know, and just do like James said, try to avoid the situation, try to get away from them without making a big scene. Because here, all you're going to do is piss somebody off even more to the point where they feel like they want to run you off the road. Right. I don't want to be in a situation like that.
2: I generally, I generally go with the mindset that I'm invisible when I get on the bike. And I know it's trite and I know it sounds cliche, but... I approach everything like no one can see me. Absolutely. And and it has saved my bacon more than once.
1: Well, hell, I can't see you now.
2: <laughs> That's
0: because Chris doesn't photograph. He doesn't have a reflection either.
2: <laughs> my kind doesn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: after the New York thing, did any of you have like your oh. non-writing friends come up to you and be like Hey, you're back with buddies. Are... Yeah,
0: the, the, hello. Oh, <laughs>
3: you.
0: you know, I I haven't heard a thing. It's,
3: really, uh, uh,
1: to it's turning me on.
3: The kisses. <laughs> so cute.
1: Hello. I missed you too.
3: <laughs> mm. uh, I didn't hear anything about that from anybody. I. It kind of blew over really quickly. The only thing, the only people I heard it from were from my writing friends. Exactly. No, none of my other friends said anything about it.
0: I honestly, yeah. I don't think the general public is all that aware. I mean, in in, Although, in New York.
3: Although. True, but I saw so many stories though in mainstream news, like on yeah. CNN and MSNBC, and how bikers are dangerous and blah blah blah. But it apparently it didn't seem to matter.
0: Yep, right along with the Miley Cyrus twerking story.
3: Right. It just kinda died, which yeah. is good because I you know, it could have been really ugly, I think.
2: I, I like to hope, and I'm probably putting way too much faith in people, but I like to hope that people can look at a situation like that and realize there's more to the story than this one reporter with an agenda might be putting out there or you know that that there might be more to the story than is just available at up to the minute news that sort of thing I I, I hope yeah but, or it's just you know I generally don't know. everything I heard that was any kind of negative comment about that situation was about you know those thugs in New York not about those guys on a bike which you know one class for another it's still awful but you know at least it wasn't me
5: no, I there, think
2: there it was. Go ahead.
4: There was comments made in um, newspapers, you know, in the comment section where people were talking about limiting, passing laws that limited the amount of bike bikers that could ride together at one time, and I think that's really a vocal minority, is what okay. you're seeing from there. Mm-hmm. You know, like James said, I think most of the general public just kind of. This, Conehead dog hair is running into everything. Um, oh. I think most of the general public just saw the news story, took it for what it was, a bunch of, you know, thugs and then left it and that was it. But that I vocal tried. minority sometimes worries me because they're the ones that get laws passed. Yeah.
3: Sometimes. I mean, although here like we had a senator who who was trying to put forth some kind of another bill to to um Change lane splitting to really restrict it, and uh, it they they he dropped it. He dropped it because the CHP put out those guidelines. They well they formally announced guidelines that were always there, but this because they did that they're like okay so they backed off. But
4: Joanne, let me ask you a question: Lane splitting in California. Do do people in general follow those guidelines, or do you see people splitting lanes at 70
1: and 80 miles an hour? Oh God, no! People split lanes all the damn time.
3: I'd say it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> I've seen both. I, I in see in San
1: Diego, it's
3: a mix. Right? Are you in San Diego, Chuck?
1: I'm not right now, but you know, I'm from San Diego, and I go back a lot. And yeah, yeah I
3: see a mix.
1: The squids, the billies, they're 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 wow. all over the road on the on freeways. I think the freeways. there's
3: more. I think there's more abuse, sadly, of the lane sharing guidelines. Um, and oh, Hey, wasn't it... James, didn't you post a link? No, no. Uh, on lane, Sorry, on lanesplittingislegal.com. They have a really great uh, survey. They took a survey, or someone, maybe the CHP took a survey and uh, surveyed how many people, how they lane split, and how often, and how fast they go. Um, so, I, so I think more than half of the people probably abuse it. And I'll admit, I've lane-shared a little faster than... They've recommended, but I don't do it all the time. What's really? their
1: recommendation?
3: They're recommending like only lane sharing below about 35, 40 miles an hour, I believe. You know, you're oh, not God. supposed to be lane sharing at 80 because what's we'll the point? I mean, you, why do you need to lane share going 80? It's just stupid.
1: Because um, you can but, go 95. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> Actually,
3: I don't.
2: No. Billy gets I on. I only
3: it. do it when. Yeah. No. As, as so yeah, they, they really want you to do it at low speeds.
2: As an East Coast guy where, you know, that is not only frowned upon, but literally I've had people open their doors on me when I'm coming by. It's I rode it for about a week in New York, or I'm sorry, in, in California during a cross country trip. And it was glorious. It was not once <laughs> did anybody give me a hassle. And you know, I'm on this gigantic Harley Street Glide with with all the accoutrements on it and people were making way for us I mean they, it, was, it was like the Red Sea party yeah and you know people we would line up at the red light and the red light would, would turn green and we would go and the cars would get back and you know and it was it was absolutely wonderful and granted that was you know six days of a very limited you know you know kinda sampling of what goes on there but You know, to me as an East Coast guy, like, that's Nirvana. That's that's what we dream about.
3: (laughs) You were with a bunch of other bikes?
2: Yeah, there were six of us in total.
3: Yeah, I mean I've had both good and bad experiences in groups. Sometimes they're fine and sometimes they're not. And it I, I think there's just a healthy mix here of good and bad car sharers. You know, there are ladies who are really mean and they don't want you to go ahead of them and I've, I've had everything the only thing I can proudly say I've never been a victim of is any kind of road rage or any kind of negative um, maneuvering you know like cutting off or like I've just maybe I'm just really lucky but um, people never do that to me they don't I, I've had some experiences in groups where cars have tried to get in the middle of our group I'm like what are you doing but well, I've that, never that's just had like
4: a lack of knowledge but how many
0: of you guys are bicyclists. Because I, I it, used it, to ride quite a bit on the road but I don't anymore.
3: It's just as bad. You, you know. can't pay me enough to bicycle. <laughs> we'll do That's it.
1: what San Francisco is for.
3: I know it is and it's psychotic because um, I just would never do it. And The reason is because being on a bike, it's bad enough that you know, at least I can zoom by at, at, at faster speed or whatever. They barely see me and I'm already at speed and it's just it terrifies me to be going five miles an hour and expecting cars to see me it's just I think I would guess that the bicycle accident rates here are much higher than motorcycle I would never bicycle in the city hell no Mm-mm. I just too it's too scary the it's point weird. I was trying to make it. is
4: is that they don't they it's worse on a bicycle here and it is on a motorcycle. They try to take the lane away from you. I've had people yep. yell at me and say you belong on the sidewalk, which is not what the law is. No,
3: no, get off the sidewalk.
4: Yeah, and you, the you worst. in Florida, you can take the whole lane, and people will scream at you. You know, mm-hmm. even when you're riding in a, a pace line, where it's just one, one row of bikes, people come by and try to literally move their car into your lane and run yeah. you off the road because they just hate. I don't know what it is. They I hate guess. sharing the road with anybody.
0: Well, and yep. talk about a, a group of road users that could use some ambassadors, though. Oh, um, I mean, cyclists. Uh, again, a, a very small minority, but a highly visible group.
1: And of, of
0: cyclists. Highly vocal group too. Yeah, don't don't respect road laws. Don't stop at stop signs. Will ride four abreast when there's no real reason yeah, to. That's, yeah, yeah wear that, that's wear tight pants.
3: Don't wear helmets. Yeah. Wear
0: brain Why do you got to make fun of it? the pants, Chuck?
4: That's
1: the, point. It's wearing... no, no, it's the only. Oh no!
4: It's the only time I can wear that kind of stuff and uh, not get laughed. Try
3: wearing it on the motorcycle. Uh, everybody laughs at you. Come just... On drag, you got to reduce the wind drag. Come on.
0: Right. No. Shave your legs.
3: No. Chuck, oh, Chuck's here, going back
0: to to being an ambassador you know, for underwear.
3: Here we've had bi- <laughs> a, we've had bicyclists kill people. I mean, we had a guy who ran over an old man in the crosswalk. It's like on dude, purpose. There, there was a lot of debate about it but he supposedly he thought he had enough space and he basically ran a, ran like a yellow to red light and barreled through this crosswalk while this old man was in it and he killed him and wow. he went they yeah oh he went to court in the home line I forgot what he got for it but he was found guilty I forgot what they what his sentence was but uh, I mean wow. he they, there were a lot of witnesses there were a ton of people who were riding with him who were in the crosswalk who watched it and it's like they need an you're right. I think they need an ambassador way more than we do. It's like, how often do you hear of motorcyclists running over people? It's always us getting run over and getting killed.
4: Uh, I, I kind of think you guys are making a point, everything we've been talking about, for the reason why you should be a good ambassador right. to the sport. Yep.
3: Yeah. I sent, I, uh, if you go to the chat window, I posted a link for you. If you want to see this lane sharing survey, it's it's pretty cool. It really breaks down the percentages um, of how often people split and have you ever been hit and stuff like that. It's pretty neat.
2: See, the the question posed was, is it our responsibility to be ambassadors, and the way that question is, is phrased, it's almost like if you're going to ride, you always have to do these five things to be a good guy on the road, you know, in others' eyes. And and I don't I don't take that as a responsibility. I do it. You know, I, I do my best to, to look good out on the road and to, to yeah. put a positive face on biking. But, you know, there are just days when, when that's the very least I no. want to think about. I've got places to be. I've got, I'm out you know, carving up the one country twisty road we have here in Delaware or or, you know, I'm I'm twenty minutes late for work or whatever. I don't really care what anybody thinks about me at that point. And if it comes down to responsibility, I, I don't want it. I don't want to shoulder that. I, I've got enough yeah. on my plate I already.
3: Guess, I think I changed my answer to no, but I think the question should be should we be ambassadors? And yes, we should be.
2: Right. And but in but that we don't yeah. Yeah. And that I, I I do try. It's it's you know, it's it's always in my thoughts somewhere. You know, yeah. like it it's is. it's always.
3: Me too. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we're not running down people in intersections, so go us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. We're, right? We're, but we are, but we are being run over in intersections.
4: I, I like Joanne's way of looking at it. We should be, but or, like Chris said, you don't really want to because I I agree with Chris too. There are days when I really
1: oh, don't care. You?
2: No. See, I, again, I, I go back to. Yes, we are a minority of of the types of vehicles on the road, but like, you know, when I drove a Toyota Corolla, I didn't wave at other Corolla guys. I didn't. I didn't go out and say like, my Corolla will never go over fifty five. I'm. I'm. You know, I. I, I yeah, I but just, there are way more
0: Corollas on the road than there are motorcycles, <laughs> and Corollas aren't True. really it's as totally
3: visible. C- hey, did you see that Corolla commercial where they like went back through time from the early '80s all the yeah, way? That was yeah, was See, that you Corolla could wave to your fellow Corolla.
2: I could have.
1: A Corolla is not going to get you dates.
2: I, I I don't need to worry about that. So, are, are you
0: saying <laughs> the, uh, the the, the Corolla is a four wheeled versus?
2: That's about right, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, that, that or, or or a less useful Ural.
3: <laughs> that's it's low. Way better than a uh, Corolla there. Yeah.
4: Tell you what, Chris, paint that Corolla purple and put 26-inch rims on
2: it and you'll get dates. <laughs> well, I don't have it anymore, so that's not an issue.
1: Uh, well, if that's the kind of dates he wants, he could just roll by a high school and hang a six-pack of beer out the window. <laughs>
4: uh.
1: <laughs> not that I've done that <laughs> <Just> this week.
2: <laughs>
1: today, Recently? Wait, what's today?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes down to the responsibility or or the choice, the preference to be an ambassador, you know, then do you do you like? How far does that decision go into your motorcycling life? Does that does that inform the kind of gear you wear? Does that inform the kind of bike you purchase? the the color scheme you put on your bike? You know, do do I want to ride a race replica and look like a Ricky racer? Do I want to ride a Harley and look like you know a uh, uh, a leather clad pirate yeah i mean do what where where do i fall in that or do i just want to get on my bike and do a reasonable job of not being a jackass going from point a to point b like like where's the line
1: yeah, i i like the latter there because I, I i i have real problems with the word ambassador
2: right
5: you know there, there's so many there, there's so many styles of of motorcycles so many different lifestyle choices too with within that same, you know, uh, motorcycling uh, lifestyle that you can't be an ambassador to all of them. You know, Chris brought up the Harley guys, and, and you know, everyone associates them as, as being pirates and, and, and stuff. So, you know, us being, I, I, I think everyone here that's on the call, you know, is basically, you know, a sports horn or adventure type rider that wears all gear all the time, you know, and, and we fit in a certain genre, Whereas you know Harley people fit in a different one, and and the you know you know the young teen and twenty year olds that are riding sport bikes and being complete animals aren't a thing, complete in a completely different category as well. So try to be an ambassador to every single group is going to be impossible. I yeah, mean, you know, I was I was going to mention earlier about an age thing. You know if if you if if you're in, at a restaurant, uh you know as, as you know, I, I'm in my mid 40s and say there's a there's a 20 year old kid with with a, uh, a neon green mohawk on his helmet that's sitting two tables over from me, and somebody wants to come up to me and talk to me about motorcycle, you know, who are they gonna go to? Are they gonna me or are they gonna go to him? It depends on what they're interested in.
2: I would venture to say nine times out of ten they're gonna come to you, regardless of. You know, everybody likes to operate within the middle of the bell curve, and some guy with a with a green mohawk hanging off his helmet and race leathers is definitely on one end or the other of that bell curve.
3: Oh, Stephen's leaving us.
1: Or his dog just did something.
3: Or oh, there's an earthquake. What state is Stephen in?
2: <laughs> it's Florida. They don't have... They don't have um, anything but flat land there. It's fine. Well,
3: global warming is upon us, friends, so you never know.
1: She's a Californian. Of course, the first thing she thinks of is an earthquake.
3: <laughs> hey, they happen here all the time. What of it?
1: The hey, Chuck. Have, huh? have, you had, uh, have you had the dog in the sidecar?
0: I have. What, is, what <laughs> does that do to public perception when you're on the road? Have you? Like,
1: uh, it's. Uh, I get a lot more people taking pictures. Yeah. A uh, lot more so positive cute. comes out. But, uh, you know, it actually makes me think of another thing. Um, I took my daughter in the sidecar wearing gear from um, Kinder Rider. <laughs> took her to preschool that way. And the reaction I got from the other moms, you would think I was <gasps> beating my
2: daughter
3: That's in right, public. That's right, Chuck. Oh, yeah. How dare you.
1: Exactly. How dare Like, wait, What? You know I
2: I used to take my daughter to softball games or to cheerleading events same deal I, I always I didn't have anybody approach me and start anything with it but I definitely got some weird sideways you're going, glances
3: you're going to you're just going oh to. I, I
1: got ganged on by the moms it was yeah
3: you're going to it's a small kid it's like
1: with dog it was fine everyone's like yay dog so cute but you yeah, know with my daughter and she's giving people thumbs up you know she got her gloves mm. her helmet and everything. No, it's just like you just are the worst well.
3: kind of human ever. Yeah, no, it just doesn't sit well with people.
0: And that was in the sidecar, right? It wasn't even on the, the back. In the
1: sidecar, of exactly. And, and, these, and
5: these are the same people that wouldn't think twice about kids hanging out in the back of a pickup without a seatbelt. Right. Oh, I'm
3: sure they'd have a problem with that. But what I have a problem with when parents jaywalk with their little kids in a stroller across a busy intersection. I'm like, really? You can't walk like 20 feet to the crosswalk so you don't all die together? That, to me, that's just stupid.
1: Well, maybe they'll push the stroller ahead, and, you know. Just...
3: <sighs> My parents are just dumb sometimes. Hey! Sometimes you are dumb. Come on up. What I say? Not all the time sometimes um. well
2: there again it's like you know if 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 i do something that other parents don't like and it bothers me that they don't like it like i don't i don't really care what other people do as long as it's not over the top and crazy egregious it's you know y- 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 there's 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 a, there's a there's a bubble of personal responsibility like I don't want to tell you how to raise your kid and I don't want to tell you how to teach your kid how to how to cross the street and all that. Like go deal with it. But on the other hand, like just, just leave me alone to deal with my sphere. I, I don't you know. And I think a lot of people don't respect that oh. that sphere,
3: <laughs> Chuck, let me Chuck, get a real
5: Chuck, has that that experience uh, pre- prevented you from riding with your daughter
1: these days? Um, no. She good. <laughs> no, nope. she's still excited about the sidecar, and and she jumps in when she gets a chance. As long as I've got her geared up, and she feels her big thing is feeling warm. She says she feels cold sometimes. <laughs> so if you if you get come up with some electric gear, you know, let me know.
3: <laughs> the
5: thought has crossed wool. my mind.
3: Wool, get that girl some wool. She's a wool sweater. <laughs> it's all about wool. Put look in there with her.
4: You know, it, something that um, Michael brought up a minute ago about the group that you you hang out with, you know, and who the people that you associate with when it comes to what class and type of motorcycle you're with. Sometimes that can be a challenge because maybe, you know, the people you are hanging out with are wearing what you might feel would be substandard gear, but you just don't say anything about it. You kind of keep your mouth shut. And I don't, again, that whole definition of the term ambassador, I've always felt like I'm not going to go lecture people about what kind of gear they, they make a personal choice of wearing. I don't like the fact sometimes that they're not wearing any gear or not wearing a helmet, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to be
0: the last person to go over and lecture them about it.
1: Yeah, everyone about, has
0: their choice to make, right?
1: How about Joanne, since she has the word gear in her in her moniker? Do you see people? I'm sorry, what was in, the question? Do you see, if you get into like a riding group or you know a, a situation where you see the other riders wearing tank tops and flip flops and
3: sure. Uh, what do I do? You mean? Yeah. Um, nothing. I uh, I don't, I don't yep. antagonize. I, yeah, I will not initiate a conversation with people because I just feel like that's not my job. I mean, that's not where I choose to focus my my energy. Um, you know, I feel like if they want to ask me stuff, I will more than, uh, more than gladly talk to them for hours on end about anything that they want help with um, or if someone suggests that I talk to them because they're interested yeah I will certainly go talk to somebody but I don't go up to them and say hey you know you look like an idiot because you're not wearing any gear It's mm. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start that conversation um, I choose to focus my efforts on the people who know they want gear and who know they need it but they need help finding it and I think there's a lot of people in that boat. More people in that boat that I've been able to personally help than the latter. I mean I, I've talked to a few people, but it, it's but, a lot of wasted energy in my experience. And
0: there's a difference between setting a good example and preaching.
3: Yeah, I don't want to be right. that person. I just want to be the information person so they can get the info from me. They can ask a thousand questions and I'm thrilled when they want to ask and and find out stuff, but I I don't want to be that person. That's just too much work.
0: All right. Well, what do you think, guys? Have we said everything there is to say on this one? Does uh, Does anyone have anything to add? Has anyone changed their answer?
4: Yeah, yeah I have. To undecided, I'm going to go
2: with the Joanne. <laughs> the Joanne. Well, I changed
3: it to no. Joanne I changed
2: to no. Yeah.
3: I did. Yeah, Maybe. I don't
2: want anybody to lay it on my shoulders that I that I have to act a certain way. But you know, again, I keep coming back to the helmet thing. Like, don't tell me I have to wear one. Just, just let me choose for myself. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Like, don't tell me I have to act a certain way. But, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to put the best face forward. I think it's situational, it, it and I also different.
4: think like the word responsibility is a big word when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah, exactly.
2: I think that's my point. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Sad but true.
0: All right guys, well thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this week. Let's uh, let's run down the row and uh, let the good people know where they can where they can find you. Steven? Uh, we're at cafe
4: racerpodcast.com You can reach me on the Twitter at Stephen grasso. All
0: and right, Crash thanks.
4: Crash is also on there too. Cafe Racer X on the Twitter.
0: Yeah, Crash, we thought he was going to be able to make it this week, but he was unable to. Hopefully we'll get him in here soon. Mike, where can they find you?
5: Uh, you can find me at www.kinderwriterinc.com. We can provide your head-to-toe outfit to your children so they can run safe. All
0: right, and Mike kind of kind of broke up there, so that was kinderwriter.com, and we'll make sure that links in the uh, in the notes on the blog. Joanne.
3: Uh, you can find me You can find me at GearChick.com. You can also find me at Motorific, of course. And then on Twitter and all the other social media spaces is GearChick.
0: And soon working at uh, RevZilla in Philadelphia, right?
3: Yeah. Officially you'll find me in the showroom uh, where we have a premium boutique. So it's kind of a very narrow selection of the best of the best motorcycle gear.
2: Welcome to the East Coast. Out.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I
5: don't understand. I don't understand why they have a like a clothing store in Philadelphia. They should just be all snowmobiles, because they just get the most.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you would think, but yeah. uh, they're doing quite well in Philadelphia, and people go out of their way to visit this place. Yeah. If you haven't seen any photos of it, it's kind of crazy. They are you don't kicking think, butt there. Well, at the showroom. Yeah, actually no. that too.
0: And really, it it only snows about once a year here. We've we've got year-round riding.
3: That's what I yep. keep. People keep telling me that yeah. it it's gets cold, so but weird. yeah, as far
2: as unridable snow, it's it's kind of rare.
5: I'm originally from New Jersey, and I grew up I grew up in New Jersey, and I spent uh, 28 years of my life there, and I rode around in New Jersey as well. So
2: yeah, yeah. That's I think you, are uh,
3: That's I know. I keep trying to explain to people that I'm in Philly. I'm not in Buffalo. Okay, I'm not <laughs> in like hell up in the midwest i am in Philadelphia which is like two hours from the water people don't understand how that marine layer it makes a huge difference yeah yep. I mean, we, in get, we get winter so i'm not intense, scared
2: we get some pretty intense cold snaps and sure. when it snows you know it's usually like it snows and 10 days later the st- snow is still there because it's cold but you know it's not like it snows all winter it's it's yeah it's more I, or less year-round riding here
3: i'm I'm not scared. I, I really am not. I'm not really worried about that at all. I'm really more worried about... You're in for a you know, culture shock. Uh, a little bit that too, but we once, visited once you're last week in, and last month.
2: Once you're settled in, we're going to come up and take you out for some cheesesteaks and some good local beer.
3: That sounds really good. There, and, there's a bar on every block in this town in Philly. It's and there's crazy how much booze. Yeah.
2: A friend <laughs> well, of mine just opened well, up a place at Temple Walnut. We'll take you there.
3: No, I had really good beer and food there, and I'm looking forward to eating my way through Philadelphia because there's <laughs> so much food. I'm kind of surprised at how people are so food-centric there.
2: Something for everybody.
3: No, definitely. And hey, Stephen, Stephen, you're you're kinder writer, right? No. That's Who's Michael. Who's kinder writer? That's Michael. Michael, Michael I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna mention you, so you uh, check my check my blog tomorrow and my networks. Uh,
5: awesome, I appreciate
3: if you it. Like it.
0: All right, sure. Next up, the spectacular, world famous Mr. Chuck Brewer. Where can they find you?
1: <laughs> not, not here. No. Uh, <laughs> we're at wheelnerds.com, facebook.com/slash wheelnerds and uh, Todd would uh, beat me if I didn't say, Take that, The Pace! Well done.
2: <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be another weekly show without it.
0: <laughs> all right, Mr. Hornberger, why don't you uh, give the link for both of us there?
2: Right here at PacePodcast.com and you can hit us on email at feedback at thepacepodcast.com, and on all the social media sites as The Pace Podcast.
0: All right, thanks, guys. We'll assemble the usual suspects again in another month. We'll talk to you then. All
2: right, sounds good. Thanks.
3: Thanks.
1: (laughs) Does anyone go on IMS?